0: hi everyone and welcome to the comics deserve better podcast where we talk about independent comics i am brian one of your hosts and with me as always is richard
1: new no, i am also here
0: and that's it actually for this episode it's uh carrie has a work thing going on and she's not able to join us she says hi so, so everyone, it's bo- 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 and, boys night yep Miss boys night once again but um we well, the, well with the with z <laughs> but the only issue is that so i'm, I'm being 100 serious here it's gonna sound like i'm being kind of funny but i'm trying not to be funny and like i'm never funny so i don't know why i'm saying that but um you and you and carrie i call in my head when it comes to this podcast the talent And so we're we're running with half talent. You guys are like the marshmallow pieces in like Lucky Charms. I'm like the uh, the 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 yucky pieces (laughs) that no one wants. So so so, uh, yeah. Um, But you know, I'm I'm sure we'll still have a great episode. I I will promise not to uh, mess it up too much for all y'all. But uh, we have a, a good topic to talk about. Uh, this episode, uh, "The High Desert" by Jane Spooner, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, let's go ahead, and um, I'm actually going to do DIY corner first this time, uh, where we talk about Kickstarter comics, crowdfunding. You know, comic comic creators doing it themselves, the old punk rock style. And uh, the one that we have to talk about this time is "Everything Is Different Now." It's an anthology. It's all. It's um, every single part of this anthology is written by justin richards but he has a plethora of artists doing each story um justin richards uh you might know him from a comic called finger guns um that was absolutely fantastic from last year or maybe the year before like time has no meaning so you know
1: not at all <laughs> but,
0: but finger guns was excellent uh um, that's what kind of uh attracted me towards this certain campaign uh there's seven days left and he's at uh three thousand nine hundred dollars as we are recording on tuesday and there's uh seven thousand dollars is the goal so um real quick i'm actually just going to go ahead um and read the description because he actually put it pretty eloquently here um this is have you ever felt like you look at the world and nothing is the way you were told it was supposed to be that's what this project is all about and let me get to it. Um, so Justin says that he always tells stories about emotion, uh, But I wanted to highlight one that I feel Is left aside or even looked down upon By many people, rage I feel like this emotion is more important Today than it has ever been Despite living in a world as chaotic As the one we do, there's not a lot Of room to express the natural emotions it brings On within us. Inspired by everything From some of my favorite music To life altering changes To just hanging out with friends This book is full of stories that give me the space To process some of that rage that I'm normally Forced to keep bottled up inside so it's a therapy session by the sounds of it but a very pretty therapy session because we got artists uh Val Halverson is actually doing the second cover and um, that was the artist on finger guns um if you look at the cover it's very similar to to that style which is once again why I was attracted to this series or to this uh campaign uh Leanna Kangas is doing the first cover um, Tench has the back cover But then as for interior art We have Adam Cahoon, Jamie Kusai, Chris Sheehan, Fabian Lile Andrea Rosales uh, Kelly Williams, Bell Hound Linda Campbell And Tobin Rakakot As the, the last two Were the uh, colorist and letterer Linda Campbell and Tobin Rakakot But um. One of my favorite things to get when it comes to Kickstarters is uh pins and stickers, and there is a pin and sticker level to this uh campaign, so I always recommend that one, and it's pretty good. Um Love the colors, love the art. It looks like a lot of fun.
1: I'm always here for a good anthology book. If you don't like the first story, something fun and new is coming around the corner, so yeah, definitely. I'll check this one out.
0: Yeah, and I think um anthologies work so well with kickstarters. I mean cuz I know that a lot of um like publishers won't necessarily touch anthologies these days because they're not guaranteed of quality throughout the entire book. Um so um but usually there is quality throughout the entire book. So um I'm I'm always happy to to sponsor anthologies because it also gets, you know, kind of lesser lesser heard voices or lesser known artists seen or heard. So always a fan.
1: So mm-hmm. Absolutely we'll
0: go... Alright we'll have the, the link as always In the show notes Now we'll go ahead and go Into our spotlights And I'm going to actually have uh, Richard If you want to start Yay <laughs> Hey Richard Boy's night. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> So I read a, a new issue Of a new in, image book called 20th Century Men mm-hmm. So I am on the fence about how I feel about this book. Okay. It's definitely interesting. So uh, it, it starts out with uh, Vietnam in 1969. Basically, like a, uh, uh, a a colonel is like being taken to the front. And then they go to a village. And basically, they're like, you know, you know what we had kind of got on the loose. And basically, there's like just dead bodies strewn together, dead bodies like made into freaking art installations mm. and then we flash to moscow in 1948 and basically somebody from like the kgb is you know at a uh, family's house it's just the mother and her son a son the family name is platinov and basically she's like and the, the 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 kgb guy's like um yeah your son has an ability he he has big ideas and he's gonna serve the motherland and the mom's like no like don't take my son away and she's telling the son, like, and the son's like, I'll go. Like, I'll go serve the country." She's like, you'll die. And it, and it, she's like, even if you, and he's like, I won't. And she's like, well, they'll make you kill. And he's like, I know. But he's, you know, a super tiny kid and he does leave with them. So mm-hmm. then we flash forward to 1987, which is like where the present day is in this book. And it's in Kabul. And it's that kid, off as an, an older man. And he's like in a big... uh like something similar to like the 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 original Iron Man suit, like a big iron suit, kind of like you know, a green crimson dynamo, but something that's a, a mech suit, but that's very bulky and cumbersome. And basically, with his ideas and how he's able to like manufacture war, his you know, he basically brokers peace in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. But you know, some separatists or somebody go and they attack another military facility in Afghanistan and steal what we, what seems to possibly be Platinov's original heart. So as we, we keep getting flashes back into time, and since he has these ideas, he basically has mastered war and he's made that iron suit. He, 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 his His first weapon was his brain because he's a planner. But then, basically, to make himself more efficient, he, he's made himself a fighter as well. And, like, they could send him in, into any war zone and, like, handle business. So then we flash to America, and the uh, president is basically talking to another person, uh, and this is still 1987, Light Platonov, and who's, like, a thinker who has big ideas. And he's like, we need you to serve the country. And the guy's like, nah, I'm good. Like, And he looks like this gentleman used to be in the military, but, like, he's since left and he's doing like, you know, he's 1987 Microsoft, you know, Bill Gates type where he's innovating for the world but, you know, he has no interest in military life. Mm-hmm. And we find out that this current president in 87, he's basically their equivalent of uh, of Captain America. He's a, their first super soldier. He fought in World War II. His name was American Dream, which is a bit on the nose. Yeah. And <laughs> basically he goes on national television to announce that the Americans will be fighting the Soviets in Afghanistan one-on-one. And then there's an Afghani woman who seems to also have powers, who basically is a Platinov's love interest, but like she spurns him because he's like, yo, come back to me to Russia, like let's be together. And she's just kind of like, no, I want to stay here in my country and, you know, work to making my country great. And it seems that her and people that she know are the ones that attack the facilities that had uh, Platonov's original heart, Ooh. and they have it now. So this yeah. book, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of mixing, like, the real-world Cold War and real-world fights with this world, you know, 1987 of super soldiers and big thinkers. I don't know. It felt very much like uh, that old show Heroes to me the old uh, superhero show it's yeah. definitely like I, I i won't lie i didn't love 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 this first issue but it definitely you know caught my interest so i will pick up issue two the art is very fun there's different arts for some of the flashbacks you know completely different artists or or if not different artists very you know divergent art style so it's mm-hmm. a very interesting and good looking book i don't know just uh i there's a lot of ideas here, a lot of the ideas that I like and I feel are interesting, but it hasn't, the way it's woven together in the first issue hasn't completely grabbed me, but it's grabbed me enough to come back for issue two and give it a second look.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I was looking at the art while you were, were talking about it, and it definitely looks really cool. And um, I also, when I saw it in the notes, I thought you were going to talk about 20th Century Voice, the Lanka <laughs> at first. It's mm-hmm. like I kind of kind of got thrown off. I can oh, only my...
1: assume that, like, yeah, it's a play on that title, yeah. or or you know, somebody on the creative team is a fan.
0: <laughs> Probably, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, it, yeah, and I totally get it. It sounds like w- w- the way you're describing it, there's a lot going on, and uh, the lo- there's a lot of uh, loose, ends to, of loose ends to tie up. A lot of loose ends to
1: tie up. A lot of palace intrigue. Yeah, like, like I said, interesting stuff. It just I don't know.
0: And Afghanistan as a setting during the Cold War is always really interesting to me because, like, you basically have two invading countries fighting over. No, no, it's
1: what what's going on in Yemen now. Exactly, it's yeah. There, there's it's a proxy war going on, and then the Afghans have to fight because it's them and their stuff that's getting blown up. So they have to pick a side or pick multiple sides because this war is happening. He, 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 on on, top on of our that. land whether we like it or not
0: Exactly you know And like and who it's like Alien versus predators you know whoever Wins they we lose. lose Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> so but yeah Alright well that does I will I hope you um if you read Number two let me know I uh, so I'm very it. Interested in uh checking that Out if it if it gets uh Sounds good all right Okay I got two This uh This episode, um, actually, both vault comics and their that was not on purpose, so shout out to vault. (laughs) Uh, So, we got We Ride Titans by trustine Sebastian Perez, uh, D. Cunnif, and Jim Campbell. Uh, like I said, from vault comics, um, that this was the last issue of the first volume, or maybe the only volume, I'm not too sure, but uh, I want it's. Pretty good closure. Um, I realize I haven't talked about We've Red Titans yet on the podcast, so I kind of want to just uh give more of a recap of the entire series and recommend it to you all, uh, more than just talk about issue five. Uh, but essentially, uh, this is a world where um kaiju attacks are a common thing, and it is uh, laid upon the Hobbs family um through generations to pilot the mechs that um defend the city. Well um the one of the bylines of this book is that kaiju's hit hard and family hits harder and this story is more of a family melodrama than it is about fighting monsters <laughs> and effectively what happens is in the beginning um dej Hobbs is piloting the, the uh the mech um and but it's obviously has a lot of stress in his life he's he happens to be fighting this uh this certain kaiju at this certain time um completely obliterated like drunk <laughs> and that obviously doesn't lead to good things um so he ends up um getting injured and getting sidelined and the um the father who was running who was used to be the the, the mech um the the mech runner, the mech pilot. Um his name is Dwayne. Um he is actually now in a wheelchair he was kind of like the guy behind, you know, behind the guy. You know, he was he was doing the, you know, the talking through the headphone headpiece and trying to direct Dej as he was uh fighting. So now it relies upon the Dej's sister and Dwayne's daughter, um Kit. To come to town, um, she's kind of like the prodigal daughter. She kind of got, she kind of skipped town as fast as she could, um but now she's got to come back and she's got to pilot the the mech. It's the last thing she wants to do, but she's got to do it for her family. She's got to do it for the town, or the city, and she got to do it for humanity. So, um so she's basically kind of dealing with her own shit. Her dad. their dad is is not gonna win dad of the year um puts a lot of pressure on on the kids um you know trying to motivate them but kind of motivating them in all the wrong ways um and she's also worried about her brother who you know is kind of going through his own shit at the same time um and so we're she's Finally get the hang of uh fighting monsters, and all of a sudden another mech shows up that seems to be like one generation better than the mech that they're driving that, that she's she's piloting and starts like basically wailing on her. Um, you find out at the end of issue four that there was another pilot of the mechs before um their father became the pilot. And that was the father's brother, you know, um, basically Kit's uncle uh, named Orlando, who kind of just went nuts essentially um, because of once again, the stress of like defending the city and everything like that. So he, he wants to come back and he wants to pilot, you know, the, the mech again, he, he is basically trying to get rid of the rest of his family so that he can once again, be the, the main protector of the city, um, which obviously leads to a big fight. Um, and I'm not going to give away the ending, but let's say that, you know, things kind of come to a head and, you know, there's some family issues that need to be worked out, but it all ends on a pretty positive note. You know, it, it just doesn't end it it, dire at all. It's a, it's a good ending and it was a lot of fun to read. And if you like robots, you like mechs, you like family shit. (laughs) Or at least you, you can relate to family shit Then you know <laughs> It's it's a good book definitely And I, I recommend it um, Next is uh, Barbaric uh, That would be Barbaric volume 2 Number 1 uh, Axe to Grind is what they call I, I'm not sure what they call it in the series two Like Axe to Grind or number 1 is just called Axe to Grind But um, I'll get into it So this is the second volume obviously <laughs> And I didn't say who this is by. It's uh, Michael Morecci, Nathan Gooden, Addison Duke, and Jim Campbell. And like I said before, it's uh, for Vault. And um, so this is the story uh, of Owen, which is kind of a funny name for a barbarian. But yeah, this is kind of your sword and sandals type story. Uh, Owen is your typical barbarian who all he wants to do is fight fuck and drink and drink to high heaven <laughs> essentially um he's 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 really good at what he does um but what happens one day is uh he gets he's on a sale he's on a ship and he gets accosted by three witches and uh they basically have their own plans and they basically say you either like they, they show him hell and they're like here's hell and here's all of the people that you sent to hell and they're all waiting for you and they're all going to kill you and kick your ass for eternity. You can do that or you can accept our offer which has to be accepted. That's why we're we're offering it to you. Um you know like we can't just make you do this and that is you now have to do good. You have to like if someone needs help, if someone needs assistance or aiding of any sort, you have to help them out. You can't just, you know, like Like, you have to be on the side of good. And so Owen accepts that. And when he accepts that, he is bestowed a new axe. This axe has a face on it, and it talks to Owen. And and only Owen at, at this time at the beginning of the book, um, can hear the axe. And the axe basically tells him is basically his his moral center when it comes to whether or not he has to do something. You tell you know the axe tells him like yeah you have to like kill these people. You can't kill this person because all he did was steal bread to feed his family. So that's not you know that's not evil. So so he's being guided by his talking axe, which makes it even better though. His axe is vulgar as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and number two um his axe gets feeds on blood of people like that's like so so you know like so as he's killing people the axe is feeding off the blood of the of the of the uh the people that that owen is killing and he gets drunk so the more people they kill the axe gets more belligerent and more crazy. <laughs> and like it's just like totally fucked up while wow, like and it's like yelling in Owen's ear as he's like killing people because like, you know, he's he's totally drunk and belligerent. And then he wakes up the next morning after a big fight. And of course the axe is hung over. So <laughs> so there's a lot of good comedy there. Um the 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 first series he ends up meeting up with Soren. Uh Soren uh, is a necromancer which um also besides being having the powers of necromancy um she uh has an uh, one of the most coolest powers i've ever seen like in like kind of a comic like this or any kind of sword and sorcery book um she has tattoos of various weapons all over her body and she can basically reach into the tattoo and grab that weapon and it becomes real like and she can use it so yeah it's 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 super awesome um so um so basically the first volume he and Soren is in trouble. Um, well, not dance Alone in Distress per se, because she could take care of herself. But but there's issues going on w- with her, and he ends up. They end up teaming up, and they end up saving the day together. Um, and this volume, there was a one shot a couple weeks ago that was really good too. But I won't really get into it. Um, but now we're um, now now this is the continuation of the main story. Uh, now it's it's Soren once again and Owen. Um, and they're um, they actually meet up with a a guy who looks kind of like Conan the Barbarian um, meets He Man. His name is Steel, but he was so the beginning of the book of uh, volume one or volume two um, starts with um, they're fighting vampires because Steel had been turned into a vampire and had, and was in thrall of this like real powerful vampire, and so since Owen, it, um, used to like you know. Basically, adventure with him before he decides that he's going to help steal, get rid of uh this you know kind of basically enslavement by um by the vampire, and so they they basically kill the vampires, uh they then find out that a an evil orc like wizard like like real evil uh person orc <laughs> named Gladius has returned from the dead. And uh, they decide that they, 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 they too, and also now Soren are all going to go on an adventure and basically try to uh, re kill Gladius and stop him from uh, taking over the world by the sounds of it. So, yeah, it's your, it's, it's your fun, you know, like, you know, fantasy stuff, but. The talking axe makes it a lot of fun, you know, even more fun. It's very irreverent, it's very gory. There's a lot of blood. Um, and like I said, Soren's like magical powers is like one of the coolest powers I've seen, like in, in a comic like this in a very long time. So it's, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, just uh, be prepared for a lot of blood and a lot of curse words.
1: <laughs> nice. I uh, definitely want to check this out. So, volume one of Barbaric, when it came out. Mm-hmm. one of the guys at a local comic shop was like this is my favorite book of the year da da da, da. but you never really told me what it was about i just you know assumed it was a barbarian book i never gave it a look but now you've described it i think i'm going to read volume 1 and probably try to jump on this you know while it's still going
0: yeah i i I'll, I'll hope i hope you do and i hope you like it because uh, yeah it's a lot of fun um and and who knew the uh, talking axe that gets drunk off blood would be just <laughs> so hilarious <laughs> but yeah all right well um so i guess that's it for our quick hits our spotlights if you will so now we'll go ahead and talk about our main subject which is none other than the um, the book high desert black punk nowhere by james spinner from harper collins um i have a I wrote out a full synopsis of the entire book, so spoiler warnings ahead. It's a big book, so we might not get through the entire synopsis. It depends on uh, on where we, we get while I'm talking. You know, while while I'm uh, doing the descriptions. Obviously, as always, Richard, um, feel free to 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 chime in with uh, anything I'm missing or anything that you want to add. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll go from there so we'll see what happens but once again spoiler alert <laughs> you know because we're getting into the book and we're getting deep into the book um, so this book is actually it's a memoir um, it's based on James Spooner's life uh, James Spooner is a uh, currently a tattoo artist but he also had did a, did a oh my gosh excuse me (laughs) he did a documentary in 2003 called uh afropunk and it was about you know like um black kids african-american kids in the punk scene um and this story is his life and his get um slice of his life when living in the in the high desert uh which is not the most friendly place for people of color to live uh, especially in 1990 and um and basically how he got into punk rock And um, kind of like how Basically this is like the summer That seems to me by the way the story goes Shaped the rest of his life You know like kind of got, got him into this direction And and kind of got him to where he is now So we'll go ahead And I'll start talking about it I guess <laughs> So it's 1990 uh, California high desert town of Apple Valley 14 uh, year old James and his mom are moving back After spending some time in Panama um james is half black and living with his uh, white mom but that does nothing to prevent the heightened racism in this small town um he's currently into skate videos and likes to skate himself but um it's also got introduced to punk music through these videos so he's starting to get into that music uh james is also dealing with other teenager stuff uh like you know building walls between him and his mom and he uh, really wants a girlfriend <laughs> um but um but due to being new and also one of the few not white kids in town he also has to deal with you know finding a place to belong um he also co- keeps on running into um this uh, goth girl that's his age named Melody um and his mom who's a teacher like a tutor is actually teaching twin brother who has special needs Um, so that's kind of how they kind of come across each other and then Melody runs the family video store so they they keep kind of running into each other throughout this this small town you know the town's even smaller than you'd imagine you know sometimes when you keep running into the same people and um, he comes across some old friends because he used to live in Apple Valley during when he was like in fifth grade Um, he had a a crush on a girl named Sarah Um, that she he he meets up with them. Sarah um asks you know sees that he likes to skate and says oh you should come over to my boyfriend's house um because uh we we skate in their empty pool. Well, he goes ahead and go ahead and oh my gosh he go he goes ahead and does that, and um it turns out her boyfriend is a twenty year old uh Nazi skinhead named George, and uh you know just says some awful things here and there to him and also one of the other friends is, is a black girl and so he says you know obviously some very not nice things to them and so he's kind of like you know what fuck this shit um james after getting said something very derogatorily to him and he decides to go home but on his way home he ends up um finding a group of other punk friends that are playing around and wrecking up an abandoned house. He helps out one of the groups because they're like kind of fighting against each other. Um, and that group consists of, of a, a kid named Ty, who actually is another black kid who's into punk rock. And they like basically instantly become friends. Um, hmm. Ty, yeah, like the, they're just like tied to each other. Yeah, um, no, it,
1: it's it's that uh, step brothers moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then so. Uh, Ty asked James, you know, if he could play bass in the band that that uh, him and the other guy there, Ethan, are starting. And James, despite never <laughs> playing a bass and also later admitting he doesn't even know what the bass sounds like in a song, <laughs> like he says, Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play bass for your band. Um, Ethan, uh, is uh, actually George's younger brother, um, George the Nazi, and but he seems to be getting you know, he gets along with Ty despite like the Nazi skinhead influence at the house. Um, James james continues uh to get close to ty and to and to melody as well uh who kind of kind of dripped in and out of his life and uh, they kind of become good close friends and uh ty even uh cuts james hair into a a nice uh punk do uh kind of like um like like well it, it later becomes a bihawk but it's it's like a bihawk with a connection in the front it's pretty cool um but uh um ty also starts um uh, dating another one of their friends uh her name is sin or cynthia um and she's also a good friend of melody that's kind of what brings everyone kind of close to each other sin comes from a bad home and has a very bad reputation but she doesn't like give a shit about that and um and she just kind of lives her own life so james ethan ty they continue practice um continue practicing and then eventually get a gig at a house party unfortunately ethan's brother um and his friends also decide to tag along and during right when the first song starts, George attacks uh, one of the few other POC kids at the, at the party. And um, basically the party gets broken up. And so, um, you know, kind of ties pissed off that they only got to play one song, Um, but um, you know, they kind of just, you know, at the roll with the punches. Um, Ethan at the same time is also seems to get more indoctrinated but Ty seems to give Nazis a pass. And that's probably as explained like, in the book, because it's like for survival. And there's not a lot of other people like his age in town. So it's like, like you get what you hmm. get. So, right. he kinda, yeah, he there, gets...
1: there's a lot of uh, casual racism in this town, in this community. Like, uh-huh. people are dropping the N word. Like, just it. Yeah. Reading the book, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, That was a small town in
0: 1990. (laughs) Uh huh. And this, I mean, like Apple Valley is like it's off the 15 freeway. Really, it's oh, you know where this actual place is? Yeah. Um, to get to Las Vegas from Southern California, you have to go through Victorville and Apple Valley, and and it's right after um a mountain pass. Essentially, the mountain. Passes the end of the LA Metro area, and this is like right after the mountain in the in the desert. This is the part. The reason why it's called the high desert is because it's it's a highly it's a high elevated desert, so it gets very cold during the winter, even though there's like hardly any any precipitation. Mm. So, um, so yeah, um, Victorville, um, Apple Valley, uh, Bakersfield's kind of close by as well. They're all kind of famous for meth. <laughs> you know san bernardino um yeah so yeah this is this is not this is a, a very kind of like last last place possible kind of you know place to live essentially and if you mm. live in this area no offense i'm sure you're fine but like that's the kind of vibe the apple valley and and the uh and the high desert kind of gives to to those that are going through uh on their way to Las Vegas. <laughs> so <laughs> um I always stop at Barso. Um the um so anyways um uh let's see so yeah Ethan keeps on getting more indoctrinated. Um now we kind of jump to winter break. Um so James like I said lives with his mom. Um his his dad is a former Miss America uh, Mr. America uh world champion weightlifter. Uh, never got a cover in the United States because he's black. Um he's from St. Lucia. Um and um and now he lives in New York. Uh reason why him and um and his mom and James's mom uh broke up was because um he's a womanizer. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's a philanderer. There's some domestic abuse. Yeah, great.
0: Yeah, he's not but for, like not he's also a
1: doctor and like well respected in his community. So you
0: yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, he, he like and he, and James even makes a joke through the book where he turns out his dad is the runner like the family center and yet like this he's like on his fourth wife and he's abused his wives before and he and he's constantly having affairs. So it's kind of a uh, ironic that he's the head of the family center, and and like in youth center in uh, in in their area in Flatbush. Um, mm but so um he uh james goes and visits um his dad in new york it's the winter uh james has come from california so he's obviously not well prepared uh clothing wise uh his dad takes him out to to find jackets um he ends up finding um a leather jacket that he kind of has to modify a little bit because there's fringes on it, but he kind of, it ends up becoming your quintessential punk rock leather jacket of the, uh, the late eighties, early nineties. And, um, the, um, and late later after some kind of neglect that, that, uh, James is getting from his, his dad, even though he's visiting his dad's not doing much stuff with him. So, uh, his, his newest stepmom. um, basically forces his dad to take him to east village uh which is like the home of like you know new york punk rock um and to to basically go find a paradox that uh james was was looking for so they they go so him and his dad go to town um they go to a um to a store where it's um one of the people that worked there's a guy named seven um who by the way um uh, i instantly loved because he is wearing a fishbone t-shirt and an Operation Ivy patch on his on his uh his jacket and like two of my favorite bands. So I'm like, okay, this guy is automatically <laughs> cool. Um, that's you and how James
1: she... feel the same way. Also, it's like those are proper downs that I have no context for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'll I'll uh I'll, I'll uh get you into some Op Ivy and some uh some fishbone if you want. You know, like some good stuff. Um, it's there's a lot of ska in it and uh, i'm i i i have i have a punk rock heart but i think i've always been more attuned to the ska scene like uh you know the first second and third wave ska is always kind of more of a favorite of mine more than just like straight ahead punk which doesn't mean i don't love like bad religion or black flag and stuff but it's just you know ska is more my Thing. so off ivy fishbone yes please uh, so sorry about that tangent there but music definitely has a lot to do with this book so uh so it's not really a tangent is it um so um he gets a nice leather jacket um he gets his ducks um he um basically convinces his dad to let him you know under the tutelage of seven to kind of explore east village and then come home later uh view the subway well, remember, um, there's
1: a, uh, a a kid from the uh, family center that also yes, works at this yes. place. And vouches just his that he's like, because seven's like, yo, let him hang out. And then the, his dad's like, nah. But then this other dude that the dad does know who actually just aged out of the family center. So that's why he's not there anymore. But, you know, mm-hmm. his, you know, the dad knows him to be like a good stand up kid. He's like, if you're like going to look out for him, I'll let him stay. And basically that's how he's able to, to hang out in the East Village, which is awesome. Hanging out in the East Village is always awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, I've been I've in New York once. And unfortunately, that was with the school trip. So yeah, we definitely did not come near the East yeah, Village. Yeah, like when you're when
1: you're in the village, it's not just like a hub for punk. It's like a hub for counterculture. I've actually been to some good comic shops over oh, there as well. Sweet. One of my favorite awesome. memories in the East Village. I think one of the last times I was there. So me and my uh, best friend, we get off the train come up the come up you know the stairs to the subway and then we're right in the park and then in the park is a little old lady working a marionette mm-hmm. but it's a marionette of herself <laughs> a marionette in of the little old lady in the exact same wardrobe that she's wearing and like she had like i don't know if it was her son or her apprentice he was always there doing marionettes as well but it was so trippy just watching this you know woman in like I don't know her late 70s early 80s like skillfully working a marionette of just her it was so awesome
0: <laughs> life goals right there that sounds amazing <laughs> I, I love it um yeah that I mean because like in the beginning of the book they visit Venice um beach which is kind of like I, I'm almost kind of like the West Coast equivalent I would say to uh to East Village um but you totally get different vibes yeah, like I mean, well, I just say a name only because of like counterculture. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, East Village is just definitely a little. It seems like a lot cooler <laughs> than Ben's speech ever has it's, been. It, it's a um, fun time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he ends up basically like what he calls like, the best. Um, he um, he ends up meeting people, learning about the the DIY movement. Um, well, no, no. The fun
1: part w- is that remember he. The people that ask him to stay they both have to work so they don't actually have time for him so they're like hey um seven's like hey just go meander about and meet me here for the next three hours and then we'll hang out yeah but because of that he he goes on an interesting adventure
0: yeah exactly he he ends up well doing something that you probably should never do and that's like like follow a girl you know yes (laughs) but yes you should probably not do that but he ends up in a in a cool underground like record shop and then he uh, meets another girl who's um who's kind of like passing out uh, flyers for this uh DIY place that um that she's helping out with and um like kind of getting the, the word out in the scene out cuz it's all you know like like what it, what it means DIY you you don't rely on promoters you don't rely on you know corporations or anything you you whatever you're doing you do it yourself so um, so, yeah, this she's, character, she's I'm one. not
1: even certain she gets a name, but she, a- she above doesn't. everyone else, is his, like, punk Sherpa, because he yeah. has a very stringent, you know, I guess, like, he has the MTV view of what a punk is, you know, yep. like, a very suburban view, and then she's like, no, like, it's so much more, and also, punk doesn't have to mean one thing, like, you could be punk but like live a lifestyle where you don't you know she tells him about straight edge and about the diy movement Mm -hmm. and helping people and she's also like yeah you don't just have to like punk rock to be a punk like yeah
0: it sounds
1: he she's listening to to punk music but also she listens to more mainstream stuff and he's shocked that like someone that's so deep in the culture listens to mainstream you know he he, his whole thing you know and he's also an impressionable you know 13 14 year old so he's just like no i have a very stringent view of what punk is and she kind of blows his mind by showing him it could be so much more
0: yeah it's not just hot topic and uh and you know certain records that you're listening to it's 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 actually a way kind of a way of life and a way of thinking you know you you uh and and that's what that's what she shows and like yeah um that entire conversation i'm just like glowing while reading that because i'm like Mm -hmm. yes yes you, you know what you're talking about you're getting it right you know it's like you know like it's not about what you wear it's not about the music it's it's basically like you know it's like trying you're basically trying to tear down the system that doesn't work for everybody and trying to bring back bring a system up that that does. Right and you know and and then and you're also doing it in a way that is not relying on anyone else but yourself and and other kids in this you know in this movement. So I mean like yeah this is that's what got me into like this genre of music was it wasn't even like the, the music itself. I mean, I do do love me some some punk rock, but like, you know, it's more of what it stands for than anything else. You know, like and like Johnny Cash to me is punk. And you know, like um, you know, like Lady Gaga is punk. You know, mm-hmm. like to me, you know, like because it's not it's not the music, it's it's what they what they've done, what they stand for, you know, like like how they did it. You know, playing a concert at Folsom, it you know prison for the inmates you know well you know for like no money is punk you know and not just like playing at cbgb's and jumping off stage that's not punk <laughs> <laughs> you know so anyways um the um this this is obviously i think this is also my favorite part of the book as well um the, me and me as whole, well yeah the new york part is is amazing um so yeah um he ends up um seven has to go back to work he ends up um you know hanging out with that girl learning things learning about zines um veganism um you know kind of protesting you know all all you know all that stuff like we were just talking about um he ends up um finding you know basically calling up the the um the store i'm trying to remember the name of the store It's trash in Vaudeville, i think was the name of the yeah. store yeah and um and and seven says oh yeah meet me at the pizza place that's next to cbgb's and so they end up going. Um, oh, yeah! and Also, like, um, um, while he's like exploring with Seven that, for that brief time, uh, they run across Joey Ramon. I was gonna say
1: I, I didn't know which Ramone it was, but I was just like, yeah, you got to meet a Ramon.
0: Yeah, exactly. That, that was pretty awesome, and just like a good friend. The first thing that like James is thinks is like, I gotta tell Ty. You know, like I, you mm-hmm. know, like it's not just like, oh my god, I just saw Joey Ramone, It's like, oh my god, I gotta tell my friend that. You know, like like that uh, that I saw Ty. Um or sorry, I saw remote so uh, um, what
1: what um one thing I was gonna mention um uh, when he's with uh the young lady, and one uh that I thought was really neat and I actually tell this to guests uh at all the time at my you know day job sometimes you're talking to guests and they're a little bit guarded mm-hmm. and then i and then I go be, you could be as honest as you want here because there's a good chance like that we're never going to see each other again. So please speak freely. If you got something on your mind, if you have a question, whatever. And so when James is in his normal life, he's very apprehensive. Like if he doesn't know something, he's going to fake it because he doesn't want the embarrassment of being the one that doesn't know. And then he starts it out with this woman. Like, um, like where he's going to fake it and then finally he starts asking questions and like he's like what's a vegan mm-hmm. like I don't know what that is but it's a very interesting concept that like he felt so much more comfortable talking to this stranger than some you know any of the people in his normal life and Definitely. I mean if that ain't being a teenager if that ain't just you know being human in all honesty which I, I just find it so funny that like you, you read all these chapters of him just being apprehensive he doesn't want to look foolish he doesn't want to look, look like a poser or as they say, yeah. posure. But like once he once he's with this stranger, and he wants to learn, and it, he just becomes a sponge, and he's asking questions, and he's, he's absorbing all her knowledge,
0: and and he's learning things. You know, like 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 James in real life is is a vegan, and um, today today yeah, in the t- future. T- in the future yeah and also he learns about straight edge because you know it's under the impression of like oh you have to do drugs and and drink to to be in the punk scene be but punk, no, right and all yeah. his
1: friends um are doing drugs back in uh california and then he you know he's finally relented and started to need feel the need to do them as well but then you know he meets someone that tells him hey you could be punky. you don't need yeah. to do all that
0: but <laughs> At the end, you see uh, James partying with uh, with X's on his uh, on his hands, which is the uh, the old straight edge w- movement. What you know, that's what you do to show people that you're straight edge out of the show. I thought you, that you,
1: just meant you were a CM Punk
0: fan. That, that as well is CM Punk straight edge. I always wondered that because he does yeah, that, that. Oh
1: yeah, 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 oh no, yeah, that's part of his whole persona. Yes, he's straight oh, edge. He's very. Okay. Dem- and I think he, he, I think according to him, he's always been straight edge. Like he's never, he's not someone that tried it and then went, became straight edge. I think he might have never partook.
0: Nice. That's very cool. That, um, that, that, a lot of respect on that actually. Um, now,
1: not me. Drugs are cool. Don't be a, <laughs> <late>. <laughs> like,
0: well, you do whatever you're comfortable with. If you're comfortable doing <laughs> drugs and do drugs, if you're not, then you don't have to. You know, I'm
1: joking, <laughs> however, you choose to be.
0: It's friends? cool, those are cool. Um, uh, the um, okay, so yeah, he meets seven, uh, he sees uh, people he recognizes as skins hanging out with seven. He's kind of wondering, is seven, um, kind of like Ty, where he just kind of accepts you know the, the, the rampant racism just to have friends essentially? And um, but then he finds out that they're sharps, um, which is uh, skinheads. Um, against racial prejudice uh, which and this is another part I love about this book because this is something I've explained so many times because all my like growing up going to punk shows all my skin friends were Mexicans Americans you know and that the skin movement actually came from Jamaica and it came from the ska scene came from the reggae scene it has nothing to do with racism like in fact it's very anti-racist and it was not till it got went to to uh, the UK in the 80s that it got co-opted by Nazis and i
1: literally reading the book this book I had no idea about any of that yeah like, but also uh, in Miami there was not a big punk scene yeah, yeah. growing up down here
0: and and like and because like the, the 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 specific symbol that they show on um on that one kid's jacket uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that says sharps and they, they're showing um, and it's like the, the helmets that's on the on the the um on the jacket that's actually the trojan records logo and trojan records is probably the most prevalent um like jamaican record company or record producer and like if yeah if you want good 1960s scholar reggae pick up a trojan compilation like it they're awesome yeah like that's just the way i i always recommend to people if you want to get into the old stuff and you want to get to good old stuff like lee scratch perry and and uh like um desmond decker and whatnot yeah just pick up a trojan compilation and then go from there um, so um so yeah so it turns out that these these uh these skins all the reason why they're skins is because they just like to fight or as seven puts it they like to fight in fifty dollar polo shirts <laughs> <laughs> that was great um and uh and let's see i accidentally just closed my notes so um so yeah um so yeah he ended up you know kind of getting into a little skirmish with a guy who's there who used to be a skin and is all pissed off because like they're hanging out with punk rockers and punk rockers are anti-american and not bullshit but anyways um which is still ignorant um so anyways uh after that wonderful, beautiful day in New York, um, it's time for James to co- come home back to uh, California because um, he, he comes back to uh, to school. Um, he's wearing the jacket. He's 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 basically studied it all out. He's got like the name of the band um, that him and Ty are in, the Filth and Fury on there. Um, it gets mistaken as gang paraphernalia. And he's um sent to the vice principal's office and he's actually sin is also there uh because she's literally wore half a shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and so um they um they get they get let go. Um he's he can't wear his jacket. Sid uh, sin has to wear a gym shirt essentially for the rest of the day. Um they go out to go smoke with their friends. Um unfortunately that same vice principal that caught them that first time catches them again. Um Sin and Ty both had drugs on them. They get expelled and um and um James just gets a suspension for a day. There was a fourth kid there. I forget what happened to him.
1: He but... got suspended for a day as well.
0: Suspended okay, yeah. No, um, no,
1: no, 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 no. Um No, Troy and Ty got expelled. Sin didn't oh, get expelled, yeah. but her mother, I think, took her out of school to put her in rehab.
0: And, and Troy is the other black kid at the at the school. Yeah, the other black kid at the and, school. And and he and like like he's a, into like you know hip hop and rap and and um he, and he also is trying to recruit for the Bloods essentially too. So oh, for the um, Crips, for the Crips. Oh, Crips was the Crips? I thought it was oh yeah. Oh, I got it wrong. Um. So yeah. It, um. So he. Um, so yes. Um. So you know and like but obviously there's still you know some you know like they they. Camaraderie because you know like James and Ty and and um what's his name Oh my God right What was that Troy Troy Thank you Oh my God my brain is not working today Um the um yeah they're the only black kids in school so yeah (laughs) or black guys in school Um so um his mom has to come to school uh to pick up his jacket. The vice principal uh is basically saying like James is a smart kid and that he's talented and he's gonna end up not doing anything if he stays in Apple Valley because of the environment of this town and they need to find somewhere else to go. Um, James's mom gets um uh, the idea of moving them out to New York, uh to kind of help him out and uh help him flourish. Um so very um, frank
1: uh, conversation. I mean, I guess yeah. basically he was talking to her educator to educator. But like, I was like, "Damn,
0: <laughs> yeah." And, and he very frank. Yeah, he was just basically like, like-
1: but like, frank to the point that it's like, "Yo, like this town's gonna be awful for you guys. You need to go. Like, you need like the best thing yeah. I can suggest is to pick up and move
0: somewhere else."
1: Like, this yeah, is crazy.
0: Because you know, I mean- and
1: he's he's absolutely correct too. One hundred <laughs>
0: But, but it's still wild. Yeah, no, totally. Which, it's pretty pretty cool that, that that the teacher, that principal, actually has, you know, he's looking out for his students. He's looking out, you know, for the kids instead of just kind of being there for a paycheck. And um, so... Uh, what happens is, um, so yeah, Melody is taken out of school. She's going to go to rehab. She kind of confesses to no, her mom. Sin. sin, sorry, confesses to her mom that um, that you know everything going on. Um, unfortunately, um, James returns to school after the suspension. Um, there's a crowd of kids around, and Melody's on the ground crying. But turns out that Sin actually died of an OD, and. Because James is a teenager and doesn't know how to deal with emotions and handle, you know, like strong feelings. He just
1: completely withdraws.
0: Yeah. And decides not to um, talk to Ty, who was dating Sin or or to Melody or, you know, be friends to them at this time. That's really tough for them because he and was, He doesn't you
1: know, try and he does his best not to mourn himself. Like he's like, I'm not going to dwell on it. He's just like, OK, shit happens. When he comes home and his mother's like, you know, asking him about his day at school, he doesn't even mention it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's just trying to be blase about the whole situation. And yeah. Um, but then his mom finds out because Melody ends up coming over to his house and kind of, kind of in a confronting way, like kind of like, you know, like I want to be, you know, your friend still, but kind of what the fuck? Like, Right, right. You? you
1: know cuz days go by and she yeah. never hears from him, he never calls. No, like he never checks in on her and you, you never get expl- being that it's James's memoir. He is like really just infatuated with uh Melody. Absolutely. And she definitely she likes him definitely as a friend and you assume something more, but she never speaks on it and I mean, spoiler for the end of the book—they never really have any romantic interaction, but they're super, but like they're super close and connected friends at this point. Yeah, and you know, for him to not call or check in on her, is, you know, she gets she's very pissed.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they they talk it out though, and they um, and he, well yeah, and-
1: well she comes over and he's kind of still shitty about it, and then when she's just like, so "All right, I'm leaving," fuck off. Just, <laughs> yeah, basically, he you know chases after her, and he's like, "Can we just walk?" And while trying to make things better, he keeps putting in his foot, his mouth. You know, we've all been there; it makes things worse. So they they walk in silence for a while, and then finally, after like I guess that decompressing, rope they they find that right tone to reconnect.
0: Yeah, and and then and then she he agrees that he needs to uh, to call Ty and and hang out with Ty as well. And so he, he does so. Um and Ty is more than happy to hang out. But when he gets there, Ty is passed out from something. And well so he has he, a
1: bog in the bed yeah. with him. So I'm assuming he's just way too high.
0: Yeah. So so yeah, Ty's not doing too great either. Um so um Basically, um, also at the same time, Melody was dating like the best friend of of George, and this guy starts seeing that those guys start seeing um, um, James with Melody. Um, yeah, they, and, they see
1: them hanging out all the time, and basically, so, they target him.
0: Yeah, so he becomes yeah starts getting more targeted because not only is he dating uh, an ex of this guy, but he's also you know of, of color and. And these are Nazis. So, um, and then Ethan further is getting part of this thing. Um, so, all, there's not a lot of bands that play in Apple Valley. Not a surprise. And all, all of a sudden, it's, it's um, there's a Christian metal band's gonna play at the Apple Valley like civ, uh, community center. And so, even though they're not into christian metal or anything but they're just happy like somebody's playing music that we you know that's kind of like what we like you know kids music essentially um you know so we're gonna go so um uh ethan calls up james asks him you know like hey are you gonna be there and james says yes it turns out that that's actually a ploy um george put him up to it um they're um they're they're planning on they're planning something against James essentially when he, when they get there, um, Ty, um, is doing better. He turns out that he's going to play guitar, um, for, with the band. Um, he's really excited. So he's, uh, he's, he's going there as well. Um, so they all end up convening, um, at, at the show, um, Melody and, um, and James were inside, um, Ty is outside for some reason um, No no no
1: Ty's inside too He's inside but, uh, James oh. and Melody are on, end up being on the dance floor And they're dancing and it's like a, a mosh pit yeah, So they're yeah, in the circle. center of the pit And Ty is on the outside Watching them So they're just you know They're Nazis so after Being impatient trying to get at James And not wanting to work You know through all those people Any mm-hmm. black guy would do it they drag Ty outside
0: And much to ethan's chagrin because ethan i think is still friends you know like with with ty somewhat right. and uh um, and then they basically start beating up ty yeah um, they, they want beat the shit it, out of him, and they and want he, ethan to, to join in the, he throws a punch right he like throws one punch essentially right right he throws
1: a punch but then they're like basically they want him to like finish it like, yeah, like throw the punch that like knocks him out, like they're like holding him or whatever, and, and he won't, and he like he's looking at his friend in the face, vulnerable, and he won't do it,
0: <laughs> yeah, so he he ends up sitting on the uh the stairs that lead into the community center from the side door, and Melody happens to come out and see what's going on and he yells for wait
1: one second, Brian, you're like cutting in and out,
0: oh, am I. Okay,
1: better?
0: you're good now. Yeah. Okay, that was strange. Um. So so yeah. Um. So, Melody comes out, sees what's going on, calls for James. This is actually kind of um the beginning of the book. Actually starts at this. Yeah, scene, we get a cold open li- at the uh, yeah
1: of this scene at the beginning and of the book.
0: You're led to believe that it's James on the ground, and, right? Um. But it's actually Melody calling for James, who's still inside the venue, and um they come out. And they basically help out Ty um, who's been, you know, beating the shit. And they help him get home. Um, Ty also loses his guitar um, from they the, steal the skinheads. They steal the skinheads. Yeah. And so um, the, Ty is able to recover um, and actually ends up um, you know, they kind of t- Melody and him and, J- and James and Ty all kind of talking or kind of you know, okay with you know with with everything that's going on, and well, when, yeah, Ty's uh, mad that he lost. Ty's
1: more upset that he didn't get to play yeah. than the Yeah, yeah,
0: he, <laughs> yeah. He's he's exactly, and he's also said that his guitar is missing. But then, um, there's a ring on the door later, and and his guitar is there. It turns out Ethan's returning it now. Yeah. George so George, George has a
1: relationship. George yes. was friends or or had a crush on uh uh the Ty's older sister when they're yes. school- when they were in school. And they're they're and they're much older. They're like six or seven six years older or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or are yeah, years 20, older?
0: They're 21 and and they're and and James and Yeah, they're like 14,
1: 14 and the other ones are like, you know, 21, 22
0: Yeah. So so yeah, um yeah, he um so 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 yeah, like um they Jane George takes Ethan to drop off the guitar and basically says, "Don't ever say a word about this." Um, and turns out also that James, you know, they find out they are moving and they're leaving soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to New to New York. Um, the um, Ty and Ethan actually end up um making up and starting the the band again. Um, but uh, it's kind of cool because it shows Ethan he's wearing an, an anti Nazi. Um, you know, like a uh, shirt showing that like he's kind of, you know, he's done with being a racist asshole, mm-hmm. and um, and um, unfortunately, it was after a beatdown that <laughs> it couldn't have happened before that, um, but um, and and so so yeah, on the day of the of, of moving, um, Melody and James once again have you know kind of a conversation. They kind of go out on Melody's ATV, and. You know see the desert and um you know kind of say goodbye to everybody um it, this is like the moment if it's gonna happen they're gonna kiss but yeah the no like like Richard said you know like no, nothing happens but nothing happens but
1: their connection is you know you can, it's so pure and you can see it so blatantly so one thing is that uh James's mother and his family would call him Jojo, and, you know, now that he's a teenager, he feels like he's grown out of that name, he doesn't like being called it, and then when, uh, because Melody does have a a slight relationship with his mother as well, because she tutors his brother at her home, so she finds out, and he's just like, you know, it's like, and he tells her, like, oh, you know, it's what family calls me, people that, like, really know me well call me Jojo, but I don't really like it, so when she's, when he's leaving, she gives him a gift, you know, Uh, That she made him and she calls him JoJo. Mm -hmm. And like, that just shows that like she wants to be one of those special people in his life that calls him that.
0: Yeah. And he, and he always fights uh, against anyone who calls him JoJo and he doesn't fight. Like, he doesn't say, don't call me that or anything. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, cool. Call me JoJo.
1: And And at the end to to like signify his transformation, he leaves her with the jacket.
0: Yes. Which is awesome. I love that. Because it was also very subtle too. You know, like,
1: it was very subtle, but it was like the the, the 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 full not the full cycle, but like the end of this stage of his transformation was giving up that
0: jacket. Exactly, and so that's the end of the of the book. Um, if you don't include the uh, the afterword, uh, where James kind of talks about what happens in New York, you know, um, after they moved, you know, and he gets he get he does indeed get into the DIY scene, um. Lots of cool pictures of the characters that he's been drawing, you know, like because they're obviously based on real people, even though he changed the names of everyone but himself. Um, I, I hate to
1: be uh disrespectful to James, but he needs to be nicer to his mom as a teenager. She's a smoke show, she seems like a nice lady. <laughs> okay,
0: that was that's actually in my notes. Um, well, not the smoke show part, but 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 just the her his mom is such a hero in the story. So, and, oh, yeah, no, no, so let me
1: now that yeah. we've recapped the book yeah oh my god this book reading it at the beginning jesus christ angst 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 oh. angst angst. like mm-hmm. I, I this is a great book i really enjoyed it as a totality but oh my god james has so much fucking angst I, it's just like i was like can i go in the book and punch him in his face and be <laughs> like talk to your mother better and like the thing is is that we're reading about a 14-year-old. I'm sure yeah. I don't know if I had as much eggs as James, but I was chock full of it as well. So like and and I get it, but oh my god, it's like it's so much. It's so much eggs. Absolutely. For person.
0: Even even James as the narrator who's telling the story right, and he admits it. <laughs> yeah he's like yeah I can't believe I was doing this but I wish I was like I wish I could say I I, I handled this better or I did this better but it's just this is based yeah, on a story as far story.
1: as a memoir go yeah it's very yeah. honest like he yeah. doesn't try to pull punches to make himself look better like there's plenty of times like you know when Sin dies but there's plenty of times throughout the book where he's just the dick he's in the wrong mm-hmm. and he's you know he's a, he's a teenager lashing out but it's really exactly. real
0: Yep, and um, so yeah, like just, I mean, and the and the fact that like the mom is willing to just basically once again just pack everything up, and they they he even said like they they they've moved like eight times in five years, you know, or five times in eight years, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like the mom's willing once again just to 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 move again just for a uh, well. By the way, the sound the story sounds. It's for James, so that he can go to a, a school, you know, that will kind of help him flourish and he's gonna also be in an environment that's not as toxic as Apple Valley. Right. Yep. The um oh fun fact about Apple Valley, um, Roy Rogers is a um used to live there and had a ranch. And oh. um and Dale Evans, his wife, and um and Roy Rogers have streets named after them in that area. So I don't know. Fun fact, I guess, <laughs> about that—it kind of gives you the vibe. Uh yeah, fifties white cowboy guy. Right so, what do you? What One do you thing expect?
1: that's wild too is that there's a little—you know—the little scrapbook at the end where he posts all these pictures. He had uh-huh. student. He had student ID in 1990. Yeah, mm-hmm. that did not. That was not a thing in South Florida for until well after that. I want to say like four, maybe yeah, three, four years after that.
0: Yeah, I I am um, I I'm four years younger than um than James, and when when I got when I hit middle school, um, which would have been maybe a year after this, we we definitely did have IDs. So, yeah,
1: no, no, so, um, Miami for I mean Miami's not a big city. It's you know, it's, no. Miami's yeah. a medium sized city that masquerades as a big city because it's fun mm-hmm. to come here. But like um, San
0: Diego, right? Yeah,
1: certain things like that. <laughs> um, yeah but certain there's certain things that like um just new york gets it first la gets it first like it takes a while to trickle down to us so that just made me chuckle because it was just like oh wow like when you know that he had a a student id to show it was just like no one i would know personally down here Mm -hmm. would have had that for another few years
0: now are are all your schools um are they mostly indoors and they have like lockers indoors and everything
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, we live on the sun. You you die yeah. outside. Cause because
0: cause that's definitely indi- um well mo- the school mostly being outdoors, even if it's in Apple Valley, which gets very hot during the summer. Um, you know, and like during the, the fall as well. Um it's um yeah, um California's Schools are ninety nine percent outdoors, so it was always kind of funny because, like, I grew up watching like Saved by the Bell, and everything's indoors, and it never really occurred to me, like, wait, this is totally not California because (laughs) because like there's like no indoor high schools in California. Oh wow, maybe in Northern California, but not definitely not 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 in Southern. Yeah, Um, definitely not in Malibu, where this was where this takes place. I can guarantee it's outdoors.
1: So completely different circumstance. than down here, it was completely endorsed. One of the funny things. So uh, when I was in high school, we had IDs and we had them on lanyards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had to wear it every day to school because I was in high school post Columbine. Like my first year of high school was like when Columbine happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so I guess someone skipped school one day and got hit by the car uh, by a car while they're skipping, and like the takeaway in the morning announcements the next day was like, "See everybody, we tell you to wear your school IDs." The way we were able to identify him is when he got hit by the car. He had his ID on. It. Oh god like, no. This is such a poor way to do propaganda. Like I didn't have the the vocabulary for it when I was in high school, but in retrospect, I'm like, oh, this is so fucked up. That this is a fucked, fucked up, up way to spread your propaganda
0: yeah the, yeah where are your id so we can identify the body <laughs>
1: <laughs> the person would. yeah like, like yeah he, it's fucked up he didn't yeah. uh die or anything uh,
0: yeah
1: i would think he was hospitalized but like that was just the, the take where they're like this is what happens when you don't wear the idea i was just like look look this is what you're not you're this is not what you should be doing right now someone just got hit by a car
0: <laughs> exactly, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm also very glad to hear that you like the book. Um, yeah, I I read this a few months ago and I absolutely loved it at first. And I, and this is actually kind of what inspired me to do the music kick that I've been doing with my choices. Oh, cool. And so yeah, this is um this has got to be number one right now on my top 2022 books. So yeah, very glad to hear. Um, no,
1: so yeah, so I was talking about the eggs at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I love, I love, love, love building the friendships, you know, that part. I love just the the use of the lyrics where, you know, they'd be like mm-hmm. weeping through panels. And then I also, since I'm not a big punk fan, I love the uh, the captions at the bottom so I could know yep. <laughs> the yeah. artists and where they're from. Like, that was very helpful. But just, um, I, I, you remember a few months back when we covered Getting It Together?
0: Yes, and
1: uh, Carrie didn't enjoy because so much hit like very close to home mm-hmm. not that I didn't enjoy it but like there was so much in this book that I was just like oh that hits a little bit too close to home Like, like yeah. I just remember being in high school seeking approval being in high school trying to make new friends trying to not be embarrassing like just his inner dial, you know, his inner monologues where he's just like, I don't know what they're saying, but I don't want to look like a poser, So and we're just going to roll with it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, no, I'd never had to with anything like that, but when he's around the Nazis and he's just like, Oh, yeah. this fucking mm-hmm. sucks. Or he's around like girls that he likes to have as boyfriends. He's like, Oh, this fucking sucks, but I can't leave. Like, like I committed to be here. So I, so much of that I related to, but like, the, the book is well done so I was enjoying it but like you know with his angst and everything I would get a little annoyed reading it once he goes to New York oh my god I fall in love with this book like I know yeah. how you're saying that's your favorite part it's mine as well but I like it's the part that like made this like a book that you know kind of decent to oh my god I enjoyed like him finding himself there um, him dealing with you know that fraught relationship with his father his father that just can't not get numbers anywhere like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like every time they leave the house and go to a store, he's getting some sales clerk's phone number somehow. Which is cool. so much of it, so fun. You know, seven the 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 the, the lady that he stalks, the second girl that he meets, how badass she is. Yeah, you know, you know, telling off everyone in that store who was being a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, just all of it made me fall in love with the book. Like that, that, that was like the the the, the ribbon that like you know perfected mm-hmm. the gift for me.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. And that's why I was telling um, Carrie um, when she, um, before she was not able to be on the show, I was like letting her know. I'm like, okay, it's like the book's really good all the way through, but like you get to New York and that's like the cream of the crop. That's like, that is, that's it. This is, this is why the story was, was, was told was this part. And I'm super happy it's about his favorite, (laughs) favorite day of his life too. And I don't, i don't uh disagree about that being someone's favorite day i that if that happened to me uh yeah (laughs) and the (laughs) thing is
1: is that um when he goes back to california you could see he's not like you know he's not a tough guy he's not a uh confrontational dude no but you could see how he gets more assertive that like you know things that he was doing for appearances he's no longer doing like he's like declining drugs again but he's confident in it like he because he's just like no i don't really want to do this so i'm not going to do it yeah exactly. um you know he's and- pulling a, he's he's close to his friends but he's pulling away like there's certain scenes where he's pulling away because he's massive but certain scenes he's just like eh, hey, they're doing things that i'm not into so i don't yeah. need to be there you know like right. and, and we could still be friends whereas before he was a rubber stamp like whatever they're doing i'm doing because like i want to be have- I I need to be part of this group and I can't, you know, F this up. So I'm in, I'm, I'm a yes, no matter what.
0: And he ends up standing up um, as well. Like, like you like to tie who wants to write a song about, uh, you know, in his words, a slut. And then, and he goes and James is like, you know, what makes us different from like the jocks. jocks. Yeah. Yeah. If we're like calling women that, you know, and then, so, so yeah, like that, that, know he's starting to stand up for himself, starting to stand up for other people. You know, he's he's definitely he's definitely a a a new man. Like that that was like kind of his his rebirth essentially. Exactly. Is New York. Um so that that is pretty cool. Also, um yeah like even my extensive of knowledge of a punk in the scene like there are some there are some lines in the song that I didn't recognize, and I'm very happy to see who it was and everything and you know shout outs to like you know gorilla biscuits and descendants and and whatnot and also um the scene where everyone's getting ready for the 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 metal show um the the lyrics in that is um from um from take take warning by uh, by operation Ivy um which is um my second favorite operation ivy song so i was very happy to see those those lines <laughs> in that song um if you're wondering it's it's um bad town is my favorite uh operation ivy song oh, so cool. <laughs> yeah one um
1: i don't think we mentioned that when we when you were doing your recap but what one, uh-huh. car- one thing that just and i was just like oh i totally get this um Him and the the, the whole relationship between him and the girl, Jenny, where this girl, Jenny, likes him. Mm -hmm, He's an Asian girl. I I decided to
0: leave Jenny out of my my description. And all of
1: her friends hate him, including a friend that's a boy that I'm assuming likes Jenny because he is such a prick to him. Like, you know, calls him nigger, like, you know, under his breath. He just does everything to get under James's skin. And the Mm -hmm. thing is, is that James is not even that... or I can't even say he's not even that into Jenny. It's not love at first sight, but he never gets even learn if he's into Jenny, just because the whole situation is so fraught and toxic that yeah. like they never get to connect properly. And she kind of keeps reaching out and then he doesn't even pull away before he could reach back. He kind of gets pushed away by her entourage. It's really weird. Exactly. But like, like I, I can't say I went through the same exact thing, but like, I know that I remember those type of situations happening to people I knew in high school. <laughs>
0: Essentially "So you're so happy that someone likes you that you're just kind of like, okay, cool, I'll 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 roll with it." And then, right, their friends are just absolutely the worst. And yeah, that that guy, I love how his comeuppance at the end, where he runs into the actual jocks of the of the sort of the, of the uh, school and the jocks just like like yeah. him down, beat him down, beat down because he's just a douche. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that was great. You know,
1: so many so so many douches in Apple Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah, so um. So yeah, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that that you enjoyed it. I'm always nervous when I recommend a book <laughs> to, that we're gonna get get uh, on the um, on the episode, and it's like this was the worst book ever. I happened to me. I don't know the- why
1: you're nervous about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That that just that's what it is. It is we, true. We cover we cover books. We're not cover, We're not just you know praising books. So I
0: am putting my soul <laughs> on the line here, saying the books I love. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no no one of my biggest things was um it was when darcy and i were on the on the show together by ourselves and i'm like oh heathen is like my favorite book like one of my favorite comics of all time Um, like i'm sure like no one's gonna not like this book and then darcy comes like she's like i hated this book and i'm like oh my god how'd that happen <laughs> I'm like,
1: okay i'm so sorry a little existential crisis after that yeah exactly
0: <laughs> so yeah so sometimes i'm a little uh i'm i, I don't want to get punched so you know but um but well, yeah, yeah
1: no really good book, and like we didn't really mention the art that much oh. it's very you know simplistic art style but like every yeah. character even like you know background students everyone's unique like every Absolutely. body has a unique look once you get into the more of the punk scene stuff everyone looks super unique and like there's a lot of fun designs there
0: he does a great job depicting all the all the different styles and everything and like yeah you 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 see you see your gutter punks you see your street punks you know like and like yeah you see like all the different like nuances so yeah definitely um i mean obviously he's the
1: only the only thing i say like a critique of the art is that you can see the difference between kids and adults but like the difference between like kids and the younger adults like they look they they look the same and maybe they do look the same in real life they're just slightly bigger but like when they show george like they all look like they could be contemporaries even though george is significantly older and then when you get to the end of the book and he's showing the actual pictures of him and his friends they they're so young and they have such baby faces (laughs) that was Mm -hmm. just like i feel like i like I didn't get that exactly when I read the book, and then I see those pictures at the end. I was just like, oh my God, they're they're baby,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, the depictions are great, but yeah, they're yeah, the baby the baby faces are definitely more prevalent in the in the pictures at the end. um, but yeah, like, um, oh, um, yeah, the the whole the whole speech from from that girl, um that that change that basically changes James's life yeah and, and, um, and then, like, the the whole revelation about about um straight edge I mean, like I had something very similar when I was when I was a kid where I thought like, oh, if I'm gonna be into this music, I have to like drink and smoke and whatnot and I was like, oh wow, you know, I don't you know like mm. that, that has something to do with the actual you know spirit of the of the music and um and then um as well as like the you know like the sharps in like you know like even though um i never really even the, the 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 sharps i was never much like huge friends with them because they are also very still very aggressive people and i'm not an aggressive person so <laughs> so yeah and then uh as well as like the explanation of like oh like i absolutely it's like, like some of my favorite bands like minor threat um the clash obviously is like one of my favorite bands of all time um like you know, like the the skinhead, the Nazi skinheads will appropriate like some of their songs, thinking that they're about white power when they're not. And so I love, I love that little explanation. And yeah, like, that of was at the nice. beginning of the book, I was like, thank you, like vindicated. I'm glad, you know, <laughs> like like that that you're getting the word out because like no one's gonna listen to me, but I'm glad that, that it's in this book, you know. Um. So, um. And then, um. Oh, and like, yeah, and there's that moment. Where, um, when Ethan calls, um, James up to see if he's going to be at the show, and then they show the um, the Nazi flag over the, over the couch, and there's like you know, George and Ethan and the, um, and another guy are kind of there, and then he's like, he's like, yeah, I wonder how many houses like this in small town America have like you know white guys plotting, you mm-hmm. know, that look exactly <laughs> like the scene, and like I actually had to attest, to that. I, I have a friend in high school who was a white dude and um and one and like he never said anything weird or derogatory near me at all and like i had no idea i go to his house into his room and he has a fucking nazi flag in his room and i was just kind of like my heart like just like sunk and i'm like okay fuck this shit bye <laughs> you know like, like i came up with an excuse to, to leave and i'm like oh yeah you go and then never talked to the dude again like i'm like yeah like fuck you, you yeah,
1: um that one was uh when i was reading the book that whole part i was just like oh yeah i guess that's probably real <laughs> like, yeah you guys uh you know 2022 with white people in america seem like just generally having a bad one <laughs> just yeah <laughs> they can't discern reality a whole swaths of them so i just kind of like i just assume that oh yeah i guess yeah there's just horrible stuff going at home. because i can tell you this i'm never at home like just plotting on like groups of people and yeah, to it, do horrible shit but also i'm old so, <laughs>
0: but still, I mean, yeah, that's just on. Yeah, it's just, it's just thing like it was just a beat. weird
1: one. That's just like, oh wow, yeah, they're really there, just like, hey, we're mm-hmm. gonna beat up this dude that we don't actually have a beef with. Like, I'm yeah. all for beating up people that you have beefs with, but yeah. like, just random acts of violence on the other citizens. I, it's just one of those things I can't wrap my head around.
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> that's it, my, my my whole credence has always been like, yeah. I may not like you, but it's going to be for something you can control. Like, if you're an asshole, I'm not going to like you. Like, if I'm not, you know, I'm not not going to like you because of like the color of your skin or your gender or your sexual preference or anything like that. Because you can't control that. You know, it's like, but you can't control whether or not you're an asshole. So, so yeah, that's that's just the way I've always been. So it's yeah, it's just kind of it's it's just yeah, walking into a, a person without was my friend's house and seeing shit like that. that's just like was just i couldn't take it you know like i just couldn't believe it because also like the where i grew up um was near a very affluent area of san diego and mm-hmm. um and so like and this kid was like you know he was a rich white upper middle class kid and he has a fucking nazi flag in his house it's like God damn it and it's okay with his parents that he has this too you know like so what, what does his parents think as well you know so it's like yeah i mean yeah so anyways Mm -hmm. sorry i digress (laughs) so
1: one part too that i do like when he comes back from new york and stuff you know he gets suspended and you know stuff starts to fall apart with his friends um is when he rediscovers the skateboard Mm -hmm. because he's just like yeah i love doing this for a while why did i stop loving doing this and you know what i did that with what comics yeah okay around 13 i started buying like rap records and it's like the money that i would save to buy comics i was saving to buy the next you know notorious big album or the next mm-hmm. jay-z album whatever and then i remember i i have a distinct memory being in ninth grade about a year later and um at the time i used to there used to be a catalog um uh what was it, it was another universe it was another name before that but basically they 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 would send you two catalogs one would be their back issue catalog and then their other would be their uh, new issue catalog. So basically you'd uh, be pre-ordering books two months ahead of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so that's how I ordered books. So I had stopped using it, but the uh, the the brochures or whatever would still come to the house. And one day, I guess I just wanted something to flip through while I was in school, in class. And I brought it with me. And it was with the X-Men where – uh, um celebrating, I want to say their 35th anniversary. Um uh, mm-hmm. around the issue, I wanna say 360 of uncanny and maybe eighty of uh of uh adjectiveless X-Men. Those were the two big blowout issues. Mm-hmm. So I ordered those up and like that was just like but that was my moment that was just like, When I love comics, why'd I stop reading these? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and basically I've kind of been back on the train ever since that day.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's just yeah, funny that,
1: that moment just really spoke to me because I was just like, yeah, I totally had that moment.
0: It, it, it seems like everyone does go through like, a, "Um, like uh, I was into comics and I got too cool for them. And then all of a sudden. Right, right. Was, I, I don't yeah. even
1: think it's just comics. I think it happens with wrestling, but it's just like, yeah. oh, I need to get, I'm a teenager now, or I'm an adult now, and I have to get rid of this kid thing that brings me joy to do uh, this newer, more cooler, more adult thing.
0: Exactly. But, you yeah, know, comics are cool.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, no um, the 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 yeah. box office move at the movie theater bears out that we were correct from the get go, and comments are awesome. Absolutely, yeah,
0: <laughs> N- nerds now rule the world, and we're showing why we were cool in the first place. <laughs> but with all the good movies and TV shows on, yeah, um, yep. Yeah, yeah. Which uh actually shout out to uh the I the Sandman uh TV show real quick. i uh, that was I'm not a person who can binge shows, but I binged that one. That's just real quick aside. Loved it. Um definitely recommend and uh to check it out. Even if you haven't read the book. Like me, I have read the I haven't read Sandman, but I enjoyed the show and I will read Sandman one day. I promise. Rebecca, if you're listening, because I know that you got mad at me when I said I didn't listen to it, or read, or re- have read it before. Um, okay, anyways, sorry. I am Tangent Boy today. Um, so, so yeah, overall, um, very good book. I'm glad that that, that you enjoyed it as well. Uh, any Ooh. final thoughts before we... No, nah, uh,
1: High Desert, it's awesome if you want to just a look at growing up as a mixed kid in the early 90s in a small town, if you want to look at, like, you know, be getting into punk and just you know, a nice coming of age story, like it, it, it hits so many beats, but just great art, great storytelling, a lot of angst, a lot, oh, a no. lot of angst, but yeah, no, just yeah. a really
0: fun story.
1: And like, it's it feels weird calling it a story because it's a memoir, this is like, yeah, it's not a story, this is his life, he went through this.
0: And I, I love, I mean, he's so he was so candid about everything, and so yeah, uh, yeah that's no, no, even say. the
1: stuff that made him look really shitty. And in my head canon, uh at some point him and Melody rekindled things and like they at least, you know, tried. (laughs) Hopefully. They were hopefully like in my head canon at the very least, because the whole time I was just like, come on, like
0: kiss or something. Hashtag team James and Melody, definitely. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I hope so. Well, you know, maybe maybe they did. Maybe. Hopefully. We'll see. (laughs) Um but yeah. Um so, yeah, I think that might be the end of our show then. That, unless you have anything else. No. Well, thank you once again, everyone for listening. Uh, you're all awesome. If you're here this far in, I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, we've reached the end of the show and uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, good pods. CDB pod is our handle. And our book clubbers on Fridays, we will be announcing the next episode's main subject, which will be Carrie. So I have no idea what she's going to choose. So we'll find out um, all together on Friday. And uh, if you want to talk about that book um, before we get on our episode and we may even talk about, we may even, you know, have your... Uh, I can't, I can't talk right now. Well, we'll, we'll read out your comments too. Probably. That's what I meant to say. Comics deserve better at gmail.com. Uh, the, the, uh, the website is comics deserve com, where you can request a subject to a future show and Richard, where can we find you? On um,
1: at topcat 360 all over the social media. Sweet. Um, I don't know. Probably talking about primary voting. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I know. I, 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 <laughs> I know. I said it early on um, when I found out what your uh, your main handle is, the Top Cat. But I, I once again, I just props to Top Cat. That's a good good reference. Oh, to, did yeah. I ever
1: tell you about the the screen name?
0: I think you have. Yeah, I was just literally
1: Top Cat was on while I was signing up for America <laughs> Online. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. That's it. I love. I love <laughs> it though.
1: Like I had I had Cartoon Network on. They were showing Top Cat. I wanted to be Top Cat 36 because I was heavy into Wu-Tang at the time. And I mm-hmm. guess that was taken. So I did Top Cat 360 and it's been with me since like 1997. That's,
0: awesome. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, well, I am at Bryijin underscore CV on Instagram. And you know what? Um, you know, in the spirit of saying where that comes from, um, Brian and the word for foreigner in Japanese is Gaijin. And so bryjin is... Uh, the combination of those two words in case you're wondering so brian underscore cb on instagram and for richard and carrie who is here with us in spirit and may be in the room right now i'm brian and this has been the comics deserve better podcast and remember comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics bye bye Bye. hey Uh, (laughs) someone just came home all
1: right